Acts of the Apostles, part 4. He looked at the things that must precede the Acts of the Holy Spirit through one who have believed in Christ. In part 3, we noted the absolute essentiality of discipleship. Proper discipleship must be the bedrock and goal of every believer in Christ. For we saw that unless the proper foundation of the doctrines of Christ are taught to new believers in Christ, they will not be able to withstand the very real challenges of life and the trials and tribulations that always visit a believer in Christ. Indeed, through the ages, disciples were strengthened in faith through tough circumstances and persecution. And like the Lord Jesus said, those who are wise will build their life upon the bedrock of his teachings, the foundation of which is called the best principles of the oracles of God. That is, repentance of dead works and faithful work God, and the doctrines of baptism, laying of hand, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. By the way, how many of us went to the website to check what they actually checked last week? No. Not the sermon, the study of discipleship. I said we should go to, we go to the website, check um, World Center. When you get to the World Center, you click on uh, personal study slash small group study. If you click on that, when you click on it, you'll find a set of studies that we've done. I think the first one has to be repentance uh, or so. The second one on that will be foundation of Christian doctrines. Click on the foundation of Christian doctrines. There are 31 studies. We did it for 31 weeks. And I remember saying last week that if we were to try to do it here, it would take us one year. We'll forget about the book of the Acts and spend time on that too. Go on to go to the website and do that study yourself. It is important that you do the study yourself because as we continue to build ourselves as disciples, we will one day have to disciple others. And this will be the foundation that we are going to use to disciple other people. Other teachings must necessarily include the life and ministry of Christ, which will include the suffering, teaching and death, resurrection and ascension, as well as his teachings as contained in the Gospels, some of which are the teachings on the Mount, that's Matthew chapters 5 to 7, the parables of the kingdom of, of God, Matthew chapters 13 and chapter 25, the discourse and the first communion meeting, John 13, John chapters 13, and uh, right through to 16, and there are lots more. Just read the gospel to find the teachings of Christ. Teaching the doctrines of the church, apart from what is in the Bible, and the biographies of the denominations founder or, or a church's past cannot be taken as doctrines of Christ. For they do not edify the individual, even though they may give him knowledge. Proper discipleship must not be a program event with a strict time frame or syllabus. Rather, it must be included, adapted to each individual's capacity to assimilate and apply what has been taught, and must be based on interaction or relationship of the disciple and the disciple. So that's what we're going to be looking at that today um, at some point in time. Let us not be like the people who lived in the days before the San Francisco earthquake of 1906, which saw years of digging for gold causing a shift in the earth, with devastating consequences for lives and property. The pursuit of unrighteous righteous in the name of prosperity, which is the result of not having a firm, 
in a Christianity that is not of Christ and that cannot endure in the face of economic, social, and moral decline. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's look at Acts chapter 20, which will be our scripture text for today. Acts 20, from verse 18 through to 21. Acts chapter 20, from 18 through to 21. And when they had come to him, that is to Paul, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the blotting of the Jews, how I cared about nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you, and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you not to in Jesus' name. When Paul was living in Europe, at the end of what is commonly known as his third missionary journey, he met the leaders of the church in Ephesus and declared his manner of service or ministry. As stated in our scripture text, he told them, You know how I live among you. He wasn't living apart from them, he lived among them. He told them, You know how I serve you and how I serve the Lord in humility, not in pride, not in arrogance, not loving it about them. He told them about how he faced and overcame much opposition and persecution. He wasn't living a life of pleasure among them. And then he told, he told them that, that you know how I taught you the very foundation of the Christian life. And he will move down to that, move down from there on to maturity. Now, last week, having seen the first wrong of our fourth wrong approach to the Sabbath, remember we said that we are going to be looking at what a fourth wrong approach is. And the first one we looked at last week was teaching new believers the life, ministry, and teachings of Christ. We must teach every new believer that. Every new believer must learn that. And even though the Bible says we are a mature believer, we must go back, go over those things to be strengthened by that. We now turn to the second problem. So we are looking at the body acts, part two, top two. That's what we look at part two, top one. Now, it is one thing to teach new believers in Christ the life, ministry, and teachings of Christ. It is a completely different thing for these new believers to see the manifestation of these teachings in everyday life application. Hence, the second form of discipleship is that new believers need to see their teachers, their leaders, as well as other mature believers in Christ living out the life of Christ engaging in the ministry of Christ and practically demonstrating the teachings of Christ in everyday living. It is our prayer that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to behold truth in our study tonight today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you look at life general, children learn things not necessarily by what they are taught, but more than, more, more than anything by what they see. So for example, a father who smokes and is telling his children, don't smoke. What are you going to tell them? They will smoke. It is not, it is not necessarily what you say that people will grasp. Rather, it is what you do. So what we are saying here, the first one, we must teach the doctrines of Christ. We must teach the life and manner and ministry of Christ. But more than that teaching, the second problem requires that we need it. We must demonstrate it for the disciple, the new believer to see this is how to live the life. Which is why I mentioned uh, last week, what we looked at part three, that there must be interaction 
is being taught. And this is not something that we can choreograph. As we go through every day life challenges, the disciple will see your attitude. And in general, of Jesus more, I want to point out something very crucial. Jesus of Jesus more. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. This is warning us here, because many people would like to, to have the tag of pastor or teacher. And say, don't go as far to be this, if it is not your fault. Because there is a scripture judgment. But more than that, is that the moment you find yourself having to disciple people, you will find that your life is now constrained. You must leave the gospel. You cannot teach one thing and leave another. You are going to confuse the, 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 the new believer. Just like we confuse our children when we tell them one thing and then we do the direct opposite. And only to say, well, you know, we are mature. And you are children. You can't tell them. In Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through to 30, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, the Lord Jesus, in his great invitation to Rob said, Come to me, all you who live and are heavy and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and do what? Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for the souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is easy. He says, Be yoke to me. That what that means that have interaction with me. Because when you yoke to us, they want this side by side. And he says that I'm humble. I am not going to be yoke. I'm not going to be uh, proud, arrogant, be the son of God, the might, when you are yoked to me. So, what you are going to see when you are yoked to me is what? Gentleness and humility. Because if he, if he has any other attribute, he will break our necks. And he said, I'm going to come down to your level. So, in the same way, when we are disciplined people, we must come down. We cannot be high and mighty and be so removed from them that they begin to wonder what is really going on. In John chapter 13, we read something very interesting. Where the Lord Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Now, some have taken this as a doctrine which is practiced. And I doubt very much that that was the intention of the Lord Jesus. I doubt that he was teaching the doctrine. He was teaching a very, very crucial thing about the, the relationship between the disciple and the disciple. John chapter 13, from verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taking his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do. So what does he say here? The way I have washed your feet, what should you do? Wash the feet of your brothers. He was the Lord. And in those days, this proverb, when you went out and you came, especially amongst the rich, the wealthy, once they entered into the world, before they could enter, because of the sand, they were sand that they didn't manage to be with them. And the roads were not paved, they were dust. So there was a lot of dust. So before the man or his guest entered into the house, the first thing they would do is take off the sandals, which was what John the man would tell them. And not even wanted to remove the lace of the sandals, they would take off the sandals, put the foot of that man in a basin 
and walk out the sand to wipe the boots, put it back, of course, they clean the sandal, put it back in the sandal, take the second leg, the man is standing there, and they wipe all of that, and the man can now enter into the house. Now, so when the Lord began to do that, remember that Peter objected that, no, how can you be doing that? That's the job of it. Everybody knew that was the job of it. Say, say, what? Thank you. 
at the will of God. Not something that we do and no one complains. But when you want, this is where we are going. He said, for, for to this you were what? Called. You were called to suffer. You were called to act in a way that manifests the life of Christ. Because Christ also suffered for us, leading upward, an example that we should follow in steps. Christ gave us an example. He suffered and left God for us. An example, look at verse 22. Who committed no sin, nor was the sin found in his mouth? Who, when he was defiled, did not revile in return? When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteousness. Verse 27. We must be able to bring our disciples to learn the discipline of Christ. They remind you to be mine. And many of us need to understand that our disciples could be your own, they could be your children, could be your spouse, your husband, your wife, could be your disciples, your colleague in the office, could be your disciples. Because now they are looking at your lifestyle. You don't have to go and drag them by the store and say, You must be my disciple. No, they are your disciples because you are now living a life. And you don't know, they are looking at you. I remember, I remember talking to somebody. I said, A lot of us will try to look up to us. But before people look up to us, first they look at you. When they look at you and they like what they see, then they can begin to look up to you. But they don't look up to you if when they look at you, then they cannot find anything to emulate. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9 to 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9 to 17. Paul was writing here about his role as an apostle. And it's interesting the way he put it. Look at verse 9. I think I mentioned this briefly last week, but now we're going to read it from the scriptures. First Corinthians 4 from 9 to 17. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to both, both to angels and to men. It appears that God has chosen that those whom he has called and sent out as missionaries to preach this gospel, to teach the word of God, that they are made spectacles. You find that they, they go through challenges of life, they suffer lack, they suffer want, they, 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 they have needs that are not met, and yet they must keep serving the Lord. Verse 10, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are worried in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but there is honor. To the present hour, we both hunger and thirst, and we are falling low and beaten and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure, being defiled, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offspring of all things until now. What we call today the dregs of society. People, I think I mentioned this last week, that part of, part of being a teacher, part of being a disciple, part of being a leader, is to be able to receive insults. Christ was reviled, the Bible says, he did not divide. Paul is laying the same emphasis here. Verse 14, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you, although you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many founders. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my 
Christ has been baptized than who has it. It's the same way in Christendom. The disciple is most likely going to pick the 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 practice that fits the group. We know that when people are learning language, new language, what they learn first are the issues of their abuses, not even the good part of the language. So we don't we we want to be very careful, we want to be mindful. These are these are children that God is going to hold us accountable for. On the last day, because we are not to we are not to mislead if you say you are a Christian, you are distracting people, they will see you praying. They will see you being able to handle the hardship of life from the perspective of a believer, not God who is looking for alternatives. Philippians chapter 3, 17 to 20. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, right through verse 20. Brethren, join in following my example, and not those who so walk. Not those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern, an example. In Ephesians chapter 4, I think it's verse 20, the verse Paul was asking by the Spirit of God, if so be, yes, he said, you have not so learned Christ. He had learned Christ, and was acting as Christ, and to see people who were acting contrary, the genders who have not learned Christ, they have a way of acting. We cannot act like them. We cannot talk like them. We cannot dress like them. We cannot conduct ourselves like them. We cannot do our business like they do. The reason why we have Christian businessmen being greedy and more callous than even those of the world is either because they've not been properly discipled or what they saw is what they have been All their leaders. What must not be what should happen amongst us if we say we are believers? When we talk of the church impacting society, we're not saying the church should go and start doing groupings. We're saying the church, the Christians in the church, should live as Christ lives. Society will be impacted. Then to, to carry, to do cycles, to do this, to uh, give it clothes. They don't, it doesn't mean anything. I remember uh, uh, once a, a lady who was in America, she was said, Oh, I went on missionary trip to Africa. This was an unbeliever. So I said, What, what did you want to tell them? She said, In fact, that by that, they asked us some questions. She realized that they knew more than she did. How can you say you are going on a missionary trip? You have not read the Bible. You don't know what it means. Your life has not changed one bit. And you say you are going to the top of it. Pastor David said, Brethren, join in following my example, which will be bold enough to say to the disciples, follow me, and not those who so walk as to have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even with him that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose goal is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly. Does it describe us something to For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are Hellenians. I see, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't hold the, anything wrong with that. But the way we celebrate, the way Christians celebrate independence, I want to celebrate it right The way you saw a man of Zion, green, white, green. People need to dress appropriately as Christ wants us to dress. The Lord, you need to be an example to those who are inside, to those around you. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, look at Paul admonishing Timothy by extension you and I. Let no one despise you, but be what? An example to the believers. Let us possible. Here is talking about a young man. And say, don't let people despise your youth. So it is not about, oh, when I'm, when I'm older, I can't do this. Thing. No, even as a young person, 
the moment they are, the moment they are alive committed to you, you must now be an example. Look at what he said to me. Let no one despise to you, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in law, in spirit, in faith, in purity. You must be an example in your speech. You must be an example in the way you conduct yourself in law. That's one of us. Showing law even for your for those who hate you. In spirit, the spirit of God must be walking through your spirit. They must be able to, to, to pick, to catch a righteous spirit in you. Not a spirit of quarrel. Of not the spirit of evil. Not the spirit that wants to do, do me and do you God to the best. Not a vengeful spirit. They can catch these things. In faith, heaven must see you for acting out of faith. Why do we shiver like the people of the world that she why can we why why can we not hold our ground to wrestle? God has said to me, and this I believe. Regardless of what is happening, in purity, in holiness, our life must be an example of holiness. When they tell me, when they say to you, I don't know how this holiness is, I don't even understand it. You say, follow me. You will soon see holiness. And many of us can see it. As you are walking along, someone is laughing. It's well, no best. I don't want one. As you are going, God says, why did you do that? I'll show you an example. And it's not something you choreograph. You know, it's not something you plan. You are not going, that's why I said to you that the disciple and the disciple must have personal interaction on a regular basis. Today, many of us are busy, we are going from one place to the other, no problem. However, we must understand that there must be a time when we come together with the person we are beside and show, demonstrate. Not through a choreography, but through everything. Anything that happens at that point in time, you must be still in danger. First Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. Again, we are going to verse 3, but we will read the whole thing for full reading. First Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. The elders who are among you are exhort. If you have been a believer for at least three years, and I told you, you should be able to teach. You will be considered an elder, just like you consider an older figure. You see, an older brother, let's say, is eight years old, and his younger brother who is four, and is doing something, and his younger brother is talking. Who do you beat? The eight-year-old. He said, "Yes, he said, yes, yes, you know how it is. You should know better than what you're saying." But he said, "Yes, in the same way, the three years that they deliver, we should spank you. You should know. You, you should know better than to do that thing." Don't say to me, "But you are not a pastor." No, you are an elder brother. In in spiritual things, we have the immature. The people we call the babies. Then we have the maturing people, those who we call, we, we put them in the group of teenagers and adolescents. And then we have the mature believers. We expect that by the time you are three, four years max as a believer, we should, be, we, we should consider you mature. Maturing into mature. So we don't expect you to do certain things. That's why I don't understand people who, after so many years of studying the word of God, reading the word of God, they put a small cap on the head and say they are Christians. Let's see the Bible. Well, we are told that if you want to ordain a bishop, put a cap on And they put the cap on the head and they are preached. What does it compound them? The Bible makes it clear that there is no they are not under authority by so doing. So I don't know what they are doing. The same thing with women. So no woman should 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 uh, minister unto God with her head uncovered. And then people come up with all kinds of things. There was, that is why you go to some churches, you find that everybody there is blind because the wife of the pastor's head is uncovered. The wife of the pastor has painted the church congregation, everybody's painted because she has become a matter and they are following her. And she's chicken, chicken, no! 
the example that you have set. So the elders who are among you, I am so I who are a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers. This term of terror of Assyria, as well as over, I don't know where we got those things, but they say this oversee the flock of God. Somebody who oversees is somebody who, who takes care of the welfare of the sheep. That's what it means to oversee. To, to have oversight over something. You cannot be far away when you're having oversight of a flock. But, as I said, so, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, send us overseas, overseers, not by compulsion, nobody can force you to do this thing, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not because there is money to be made in ministry. Ministry is not a place to say, I'm coming to die a fat salary. God can bless you in ministry, no problem. But that is not the objective. That is not the goal. One, one, one American pastor was trying to explain to them what had happened to the church. He said, when we got saved, we sought God. We wanted to know God. As we sought after God, and we got many people to come and see this God that we have found, God began to bless us materially. But it was not our goal. And so we did not sit down with material gain. But then some young people came, seeing the material gain, and decided that that is what they are pursuing. So they came into ministry for what? For him. That's why you have so few people involved in ministry. I mean, real ministry. You have people who are what are, what are called slot machines. We go all kinds of programs because they want, they want more and more people. Because as far as they're concerned, more and more people pay, more and more income. They are not interested in people. It's what is coming out of the pocket. Because if you are really interested in people, in that they're doing the work of God, all of it, the less you belong to them, you better have And there are many things that we are doing now that we don't do. For example, every pastor has Group of people that is disciples. All the people that are disciples, each one of them, you have people that they are disciples. The group that they are, they are disciples, at some point, that should also have a group that they are not disciples. That's how we should be. Verse 3. Nor have been lords over those entrusted to you. Don't love it about them. And this is what I'm doing. But be what? Examples to the flock. That's your primary focus, your primary role as an elder. As a mature person, as a mature you are an example to your younger ones. We tell, we, we, we admonish teenagers who have entered the age of 18, 19, 20, to say your junior ones are following you. Behave yourself. We're not going to say because they are teenagers, it's okay. No! Because they have young ones looking up to them. You will damage your entire family life if you allow that first born to behave anyhow. That's why first born, when the opening of first born is always stricter than the others in the same way. The way a pastor is treated by God is stricter than any others. Because he's like a firstborn, as it were, in the small world. He cannot do something that is contrary to others to quickly pick it up. We also, likewise, must not allow ourselves to be bad examples to the flock of God. In verse 4, he tells us the reward. He says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not pay it. We are not going to heaven just because we want to get to heaven. We are going there because we know that we will, we will, we will enjoy the presence of God, but also the rewards that will be given to us. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Thessalonica was a place that Paul and his people did not spend a long time. I don't know how long we were there, but it was a short time. 
So that by the time that was when they when they were chased uh, out of Philippi, and then they were following them all over the place, they got to Peru, they reared and got to the Thessalonica. So when they got to Thessalonica, some people were listening to them, and these vagabonds escaped and chased them also all out of the taken to Athens. And then they left them, Silas and Timothy also be there. And then they also joined him later. But he had to send letters to them. This was the first letter that he said. Look at what he said in verse 6 and 7. He said, And you became followers of us and of the Lord. He didn't spend a long time here, remember that. But these people listened to their word and they followed them. And you became followers of us and of the Lord. Having received the word in much work, affliction, thank God for everyone, even other fans and nice uh, places that we can sit down to meet. But I don't think they had that something with you. They knew that their lives were at risk for daring to go to the meeting that Paul was going to. We don't even have that challenge with it. He said, everybody's hating you for going to the biggest church in town. He said, that was one that church in the road. People are excited about that. And yet they took the word in much affliction. And yet it was the joy of the Holy Spirit. It is not about hearing the word of God under a canopy, under a tent. I remember a friend of mine who planted the church in the school year. They didn't give them classrooms, so they had to be renting canopies. And they were renting these canopies that were full of the kind of products that we have today. Wherever we go. But he said, when it was very great, the ushers would be holding the back. Because the way the one would go, the ushers would be holding the back, the way would be soaking under the canopy, and they were preaching the Lord. Today, they have built, they, they, they put up a building. The fellow itself is now pastoring the America. But these were the things that they went through. But when those people endured that, they were hearing what? The word of God. In verse 7, look at the result. It says, so that you became what? Examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. They were able to talk to the Thessalonians and said, These people of Thessalonians, said, These people who took the word of God to one nation, you should come here. That became the pattern. They said, Look, there are people that we have ministered to. They didn't have anything, but they sat under our administration and they grew in the Lord. Today, what was our testimony? Oh, the fellow came here, he came without a car, today he's driving a car. That has nothing to do with heaven. It has nothing to do with the word of God. Let me tell you, it has no problem. And I wish we all were able to drive that. But that is not the goal. There will be examples. In Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16, Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16, quite frankly, these are scriptures that we all know by heart. But just in case, let's read. There's nothing wrong with reading. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. But let me take it from verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and trampled under food by may we not be considered good for nothing. I didn't hear your email. You are salt. Salt seasons food. Those are all food. How much salt do you need to put in your soup? A pinch, not a head So we are beginning to have when the salt is more than the soup. There's probably a problem with the salt. We throw it away, it's of no use. Nobody's going to keep such salt in his kitchen. That's what the Bible is, that's what the Lord is going to say. If you are not seasoning the lives of people, then often you're not used to anybody at all of you to the to God. They're not used to his kingdom. They're not even of use to the Gentiles. The unbeliever. In verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. 
a city that is on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand and give light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in People need to see our good works. Last week we spoke about dependence on dead works. A man who dependent on dead works, who has dependent on that of dead works, engages in good works. These are works, when we say good works, we're talking about works approved by God, not works approved of them. So say, let, let people see the, the, the works that they're doing that is approved of God, so that they will glorify them. We say, this one, we thank God for the time. It is God that is working to will and to do through Him, God's own good. In Luke chapter 14, verse 34 to 35. Luke chapter 14, verse 34 through to verse 35. Again, we return to the matter of salt. He says, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, it shall not be seasoned. Uh, sorry, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor for the dog here. But men go it out. He who has ears to hear, let him very interesting thing about salt. The moment salt is of no use, it says it's of no use in the kitchen, it's of no use outside, you can't use it as sand, you can't use it for anything. They just throw it, they don't want to see it, they wash it out. It means that a believer who is not salt is useless. Useless to God, I think the expression of the Bible is great profit. You have been tried, you have been tested, and at every point they try to refine you, they try to do anything, everything, but it's not working. Such a person, they cast him out. Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Titus chapter 1, verse 16. We are called to be examples. Titus 1, 16 is talking about people who are not, uh, not the word now, who are not following the doctrines of Christ. He says that they profess to know God, but in works, they do what? They deny him, being abominated, disobedient, and disqualified for every good. We do not be people who profess to know God, and yet we are engaged in abominable things, and yet we are disobedient to God, and yet we have been disqualified by God to engage in anything called good works. This is similar to what was written in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, and we read it through to 7. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we read from verse 5 to 7. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying his power. You look at them, they, they are religious. They look religious, but then you can't find the power. The ability to live right, they don't have it. But they speak all the good talk, and yet they cannot live right. He says, and for such people, what do you do? Turn away. Turn away. This is, a, this is a, a, an important scripture to disciples, young disciples, young believers. Turn away from some people. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various forces. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. If you find out that you are always learning, as I said, three years to deliver. No growth in your life, in your spiritual life. You can't pray. You are finding it difficult to fast. You are becoming somebody who has a form of godliness and has denied the, the, the power of godliness. You have become people who creep into people's homes and associate with people who themselves do not have the power to live right. I spoke to a young man 
Christ today, you are accepted. Then the grace is given to you to live it. But first you must accept it. The reason why you say you are trying is you don't want to accept it, but you want to live it. You think by living it, you will still make it to heaven. You don't try to live it. Just accept Christ. Accept His word. And then God will supply you with the grace with which to live. Many of us are going, we are turning the hand of the Lord backwards. We are trying to live in our own strength what Christ wants us to do. Next week, we shall be looking at another problem which will address this matter. You cannot live like Christ if the nature of Christ is not in you. You cannot be, you cannot act like a lion except the heart of a lion is in you. If the nature of man is still in you, you are going to live like man, no matter how many years you spend in the church. So it is always not to be like these people who have the thought of godliness and deny the power. We need the nature of Christ. We are going to be discussing that. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, 8 to 13, then John 2, 8 and 9. Now we are talking about us. This is the faithful state. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be, a, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. These are the qualifications for a pastor, for somebody who, who qualifies to teach. Not given to one, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not courageous. One who rules his own house well. Having his children in submission with all reverence. That they are they are forcing them to decay to behave. You may use the God to discipline them, but they 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 they, they are in subjection to you and of reverence for you at their heart. Not because you are you are holding the kid, then it's okay, I sit down. You just talk to them and sit down. When we're growing up, you go out with your parents, then the way they will look at you, you just look down. A bishop was able to do that. You must be able to control your children. I've said it to people. The easiest part is to give birth to the child. That is where the other child is born. That's where the born has to be able to train that child to respect other people, to speak with reverence. We were, we were trained to say, sir, to people who are well. Yes, sir. Good morning, sir. Today, I just see people greet you anyhow. There's no respect. And you wonder who trained them. The same thing. When you get into the job, you should respect people. It is not even Verse 5. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? The yardstick for mastering the church is the home. We need to look at your home. How is your home? Before we can say, come and start and begin to talk about that. Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, it fall into the same condemnation as the devil. I mean, you can imagine somebody who is supposed to this man. He's supposed to be a disciple. So imagine a disciple who cannot teach. This what is he going to raise? People cannot teach. Imagine a disciple whose wife is not in subjection to him, whose children are not subjected to him. What will he raise? People whose children are not in subjection to him. Imagine a pastor, a bishop, who is a novice. What will he do? He will raise novices himself. He said, Well, I was out. Nobody will be made pastor. I grew into it. No! You're damaging people's lives. And so many young people are out there, novices, damaging people's lives. But sir, moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and 
Bible. The mother has 200 people in your church. I was there, I don't know. The prayer has changed, I know. Exchange rate has changed. So they have changed now. But then, the mother has this one every week in your church. Doesn't matter where they're born again, doesn't have one every week in your church. But then, the mother has three, three cars, one of each. Then, the mother has half a million cash in your personal account. That's not enough, church account. Your personal account, the mother has a million to be each. He said, yeah, that's what the man was in there. And I'm wondering, and so you see why you see people doing official things? That's what they have to do. Not this one. Nobody knows that they're family. Nobody knows that they're lifestyle. Nobody knows. Father said, well, that's why you see all these new boys. They will call, uh, and they know the friends will call to come and bring the crowd and bring the money. That's why they don't want to Not only do you bring the crowd, but also bring the money. Using fetish things. It's not, it's, not, it's not a divine power. They use medicine to do those things. So they are called, after a while, they find out they're big, they're big, they're big bishops. But not holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. We don't have time to look at all this. I mean, this is, this is what you should be if you're a deacon. The faith of, of, of Christ, you should be able to look with a pure conscience. No, no hypocrisy in it, no, no hiding behind that. But, then, but let these also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. What does that mean? Before we make you, if you don't do it, we must test you and be able to prove that you are blameless. Then we can talk of you being a deacon. But thank God we don't have such a thing here. Everybody's brother has Glory be to God. He said, Glory be to God. You want to be a deacon, though? No, we are not such a square. You can be a deacon. Go there. Yes, bro. Praise the name of the Lord. Children and their own houses well. For those who have served. 
must be moderate in our dress. It is this lack of moderation that we are seeing today in evidence. Pastor, why is dress as a man? We don't worry about the one who took up. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, as Titus, speak the things which are proper for sound. You are a preacher? The things that are proper for sound of that which you teach. Verse 2. That the elder men, the older men, what you belong to them, they should be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and in faith. Do you know that in the body of Christ we like this? It will be a wonderful. Then now we have, we have, we, we have older men who are misbehaving more than even the young men. Verse 3. The older women likewise, that they be what? Reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine. Teachers of good, again, this word approved, this of good, things that are approved by God, not just things that are good to the ear or to the eye. Things that are approved, that they acknowledge the young women, so the two mommies here, the most society, this is your role. I'm going to tell you that. You have to be example to the younger ones, that they acknowledge the young women, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet. You know what discretion is? Discretion is being, I don't know how to express it now, being temperate, being calm, being level-headed. You don't walk in your face and you're loud. No! You're discreet. The young women that are women who are married, a married woman will not dress like an unmarried woman. Like when you're married, you're not being a teenager. You will be a married woman who wear bone shorts. I don't know what it's called. It's bone shorts. You don't dress like that. You don't expose your body. You're married. You knew the young women. You are an example to the unmarried. Do you know that if we follow this hierarchy and tradition in the way we should conduct ourselves in church, the church will be better. The church will be stronger. Don't let anybody fool you and tell you God is only intended in the heart. Sorry, out of the heart proceeds murders, lies, covetousness, and all those other things. I told you, but it is out of the heart. It is what is in the heart. To be discreet, that is pure, holy. All they ask, the older women, they probably ask Food at home. How can you say you are married? You are a married woman. You are, you are, you are, you are you want to cook food, you want to give food to your husband. You are going to mama to buy food into the house. You are calling your husband, let's go and eat Chinese. We are Chinese last week. We should eat this week. We are going to eat English. Next week we will go and eat. Uh, and you are not ashamed. If you come out, you are going to You are a Christian woman. You are a homemaker. Your primary role is to raise those children to be at home. Yeah, like the Bible says that a, 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 a son who misbehaves or something like that, I think in Proverbs, he says it's a shame to the mother because you spend more time with the children. You're not supposed to make the children go gang up and hate their father because of a problem with them. It doesn't become a problem with you. Remember what we're looking at. We're looking at you being an example. So this is it. The older women are looking the younger women to do these things. Food, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God may not be. Do you understand what I'm saying? When a wife is not obedient to the word of God, what does she do? She's blaspheming the word of God. She's telling people that the word of God doesn't mean anything. That does not mean that the husband should become a fool. But from her own heart, likewise, exhort the young men to be sober minded in all things, showing themselves. Showing 
Gran Wendy, no va a estar avión que va a hacer la zona, o Mariola, y ahí va a estar en el centro. Yo te hago un video de los pies. You don't want to lie in because you're victim. You have died that kind of faith. Because now you're telling it's right. That's why many churches are now printing envelopes. They give you the envelopes. They say, take to your place, take to your place of office, give to your boss, let them contribute to the other. Are they members of the church? No. Are they born again? No. Then they should contribute to all the church. How badly do you need to put up a building? Some figures that are being called that churches are spending on land, some of the building is, 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 is charming in the air. And you wonder where they get this money from. But hey, let's take a second. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say, or you, as I am telling, is even telling us to talk to our the, the people who are house boys, house girls, stewards, uh, people who are working, I will even include this as employees, exhort one of us, exhort employees, exhort, exhort house girls, to be obedient to their own masters. The Bible doesn't say we should be rude to our masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not asking back. How do you have a house girl? Who says she's a believer? Or who says he's a believer? And you speak what, before you say what, they are supposed to tell. That's what they are not to say anything, man. They are not an example to that house. If you are a household, who knows? Maybe God wants to use you to reach a family that doesn't know God. And then you conduct yourself like a backup. Remember Neman's wife's name? It was through her that Neman got to you. You are a man that is very high, you are whatever position you find yourself in. Position one. So the name of God to shape. Not feel free. Those of us who are shop attendants, you'll be stealing, stealing, stealing from your organ. For what purpose? And you say you're a Christian? Even if nobody saw you doing it, you, you think God is blind? But showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all. Those of you who are working in banks and doing deals, the government mess on your forces. What are you doing deals? You look at the man's salary and you see what he has been. And you cannot, you cannot place the two together. So it's really one, and it's a Christian. Somewhere they know pastors, they, they try the Bible and they preach. And we are happy to have them in our churches. Because we say, oh, it's a very good help to bring money to the, to the work of God. What money? The wages of sin? Titus chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities. To obey, to be ready for every good work. Remind them. All of us to be what? Subject to who? To ruler. Let's stop insulting our president. Stop insulting your government. Oh, we may, we may have a disagreement from the party that we came. But the moment he has been not only uh, installed as government, maybe there's a case in court, you can do all the things you want to do. But now the court, they tell us that he is the governor. He's the governor. That's that thing. This is what I want from Christians. We are the ones posting all kinds of rubbish on WhatsApp, on Facebook. Or Seeing things, we are not propagating. We will not propagate the doctrine of God, but we will propagate rubbish. What example are we showing? It, 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 it doesn't make sense to me. Do we need to do that at all? Remind me of 
Cyrus, he can use it. And besides, they will assume he's no good. In the 24 year old man, he's old enough to be your grandfather. Respect him. What's the problem? Nothing to give you money for you to respect him. There is money you're respecting. You're not respecting the man. There's an office to respect the office. That's why a lot of people, when the Senate president was going to fall, felt it was wrong for a man to have such a, a great thing and the Senate president was, how do we reconcile respecting the Senate president and the man who is sitting in the house? These are things that we don't understand. That's why we behave the way we behave. If people go back, go back, go back, who are the most Christian, but they have a good Christian permission, they can't understand what they do. If they define it in the land, God will sustain it. Is to pray for him to succeed. 
every believer in Christ, every believer in Christ rather, must therefore recognize the unique position he or she occupies in the sense that new believers in Christ everywhere are looking at them. And it is what they see that they will replicate. Children generally learn by catching or picking up attitudes and mannerisms that they see of their parents and older siblings. Luke chapter 17, verse 1 to 4. Luke 17, 1 to 4. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they come. An offense here is a stumbling block, something that you said, a trap that you said that people can fall. That was amazing. It would be better for him if a new stone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. What are the little ones that are talking about young believers? Take it to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. This is what the Lord said. That we need to go back to the gospel and hear what Christ said. We are not living that time. This one is forgive. That's what we're going to do things. Don't you come and say, Pastor, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm telling you or you're talking about. What am I keeping my life? What am I going to tell anybody? After now, now you take your leg, you're not coming. You can carry your leg and walk any other place you want to go. My, my role was to beg for the Lord. Even when you are going anywhere you want to go, as you are going for the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 18 and 19. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in fact, I believe it, but I believe it's the key. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. You understand? The, the, what we are seeing in the church needs to happen that way. You can look at the word of God. This man is approved. This man is not approved. It needs to happen that way. You can hear from the word of God. Bring ministry to sit in, to sit on them. And which one of the sit on If you, 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 the mission must happen, then you know those who are in flesh and those who are in spirit. Therefore, we who are teachers, leaders, and those of us who are mature in Christ must recognize our very unique place in the family or household of God in the church. We are the ones that the new believers look up to for the practical demonstration of living the Christian life. They look up to us. We must thus be ready to endure hardness rather than seek an easy way out of life's challenges. And we must pray always for and in all things as a mark of our faith, our trust, our dependency on God. Even as we manifest the humility, the purity, and the charity of Christ at all times. I've always said this, every Christian, if you say you're a Christian, these three things must be in your life. Humility, purity, which is holiness, and charity, which is loving all human beings, regardless of their faith, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their gender, regardless of where they are from, regardless of whether they have blue eyes, or brown eyes, or green eyes, regardless of all of that. Even if they are homosexual, the love of God constrains us to beg them to leave this lifestyle alone. But we don't condemn them to the point that we, we, we cannot be friends with them. We're not sexual practices. You can, your being there is a godly influence that can help. Except the fellow, you see that this one is too prophetic, then stop following. Be praying from that time, what do you do? Be praying for the level of